Sihali and Shmuelah Perak Hatalis Pasuk Tazain. And until now we have seen David's Nakaduk to show that he's chasing me for napping, you see I'm illness, he's just doing this to harm me. And now he's the Shah's response. Pasuk Tazain, again, Vahi, Kahalois David the Dabir, Shabbar Ma'el al Shaul. When David finished everything he had to say to Shaul, Vayem Shaul. See, just listen to Shaul's answer. So Shaul says to him, he says, Hakolcha Zebedi David, is this your voice, my, my son David? Vayisa Shaila Kol Vayev. Shaul raises his voice and he starts to cry. He doesn't argue with it, and uh, it's a sign of uh, somebody would recognize the voice of a long lost relative. Like, is that your voice? That's how you're supposed to do it. That, is that your voice, David? And then after, so his first response was to cry, like you'll see. Then afterwards, when he regains his composure, so he talks to David and he says to him, You are more righteous than me. Why? Because you did for me a chesed, a goodness, and I did that for you. In other words, Shah recognizes that he had tried to kill David, whereas David had done him the favor of saving his life when David could have killed him instead. But I tell you, God, it's you. you said the Hashem sees it, he tells the chess he did to me, and Hashem says, Granny Hashem be your dejo, that Hashem gave me into your hand, but I like Tony. And he didn't kill me. So Shah recognizes the chess that David did to him. And he says it is a chesed. If a person finds his enemy and the enemy is in his control, and he lets him go in his way as a good will, Hashem should repay you with good for the good you did to me. So it's interesting. Shal is very contract. And he accepts that David has served his life and he. So he says, you, are better, you were better to me than I was to you. And that's what he says next. And now I know that you're going to become the king. And it will be established in your hand, Amalekh Israel. Which again, the first point, which might have been, Shaul was admitting, came to realization, and that is that David was going to replace him. You're going to be the king. But not only that, you'll be a more successful king than me. Because the Malchus wasn't common by Shal, the Malchus didn't remain by him. He didn't establish a dynasty. He was there for merely two years, if that, and he lost the kingdom and he lost his life. He says, by you, I know it's going to be different. You're going to rule, and also the Mamlechus Israel, which means the dynasty of Kaishal will come to you. So he sees David as having much more of a future, much more of a successful career on the throne than he had. And now it's interesting how he finishes Vatah, Ishabadi Bashem. And if I ask you to make a shvur to me, B'Shem B'Shem, in Tafras is Zari Akhara. If you're going to destroy my descendants after me, in Tashmir, the Shmi, in base of you, or you'll destroy me, my name, from my father's house. Why? Because, as for the few times the Lach, that the Minag, the custom of the non-Jewish kings, was if a new king came to power, the first thing he would do was to kill all the relatives of the previous king. We see this later on by Yehud and Achav, we see it by Omri, when he killed the family of Yerobam, Basha, I'm sorry, he killed the family of Yerobam, and then Omri killed the family of Basha. Why? Because the relatives of the previous king were the most likely ones to try and rebel. And the most likely ones to try and like, re- reclaim the, the, their throne, 
And that's why even in the non-Jewish world, you find it regularly that uh, a king who usurps the throne destroys all the competition. So he'll kill this, the whole family of whoever the previous king had been. And that's why Shaul says to David, I know you're going to be to reign, but I want you to promise me that you're not going to destroy my children, you're not going to destroy my family, and also in touch me with me. You're not going to destroy my, my, my name from your base of me. Why? Because that's another thing that kings will want to do. And that is that when they they rewrote the, they rewrote the history books when they became king. You know, they didn't want any mention of competitors or of previous success, whatever it is. And uh, so then uh, they would delete whatever the previous king had done and achieved, existed. And then, so it didn't look good for them. So he says it's also the same thing over here. That uh, obviously Shaul knew that it wasn't going to be in his lifetime that would necessarily become the king. But he said, at least don't delete my name. Don't destroy my, repu- my reputation. And you become the king. You see today that the Gresh, the kings don't even destroy their own. So when David the Shaul, he makes the Shaul, Vayelich Shaul al-Baisai, David al-Nashav This is interesting. Shaul, at least for right now, he has given up his attempt to try and catch David. Having admitted that David has done him the Teva, and David has saved his life, and uh, Admitted also that he's, that David is going to become the king, so now there's not much point in Shaul him anymore. Shal, David isn't a threat to him right now, as he's proven, and uh, the fact that David is going to eventually become the king is something he's admitted himself. So all the justification that Shaul had to chase David ended, and uh, it's a good example of the, the principle Chazal say that Bimkoim uh, fighting an enemy, uh, you want to turn him into a friend. So at least for now. Whereas David's men said, this is your chance to to, to, to kill Shaul, and then you're going to put an end to the danger to yourself, because Shaul won't chase him. If you kill him, you can't chase him anymore. Instead, David uh, didn't kill Shaul, but he, he shows Shaul, look, you see that I, I had mercy on you, and you see that I didn't want to kill you, and uh, you see that I'm not a threat to you. And for now, it has the same effect, that uh, because of that Shaul, uh, won't last forever, but in the meantime, Shaul has left David and uh, returns home. He accepts David is going to be the king. He admits David is a greater target than he is. And uh, by that way, David averted the, th- the threat, so to speak, that Shaul presented to. What's interesting is that even after Shaul returns home to, to his home in Kivashal, David doesn't come back to the city. He doesn't consider himself safe enough to return home. David and his people went to the Masuda. The Masuda is like a fortress. In other words, he wasn't convinced of Shaul's good intentions that he was going to uh, abandon his natural place of protection. Now, let's go back just for a moment to Shaul's, Shaul's reaction to David's speech. Like we said, it was a strange re- reaction. The first thing he says is that your voice, my son David, and he starts to cry. What does it mean to show us? You know, if Shaul had just said what he said afterwards, and said, yes, I admit you saved my life and I wouldn't have saved yours, and I appreciate that you're more of a tariq than me, we've understood. That would have been maybe, what, let's say, the expected response. Uh, if David said, look, look, I saw, I've saved your life, look, you see I'm not a threat to you, and Shaul said, yes, I appreciate that, I accept that, that would have been the response we expected. Definitely not in a form of endearment to say, David, is that your voice? And start to cry. What, what, why, why was that the way? the way Shaul reacted. 
Because there was a response to David calling him out. Uh, even so, what, what, so you could have called him Vini. Why was the? Why did he cry about? Or just the? Was moved him so much? And this is this is something which. Um, let's which is what was just explained. But let's just explain, explain the the point the Nachos and we'll use it as the rule which we see here, and that is, Be'emes, there had been a time when Shalom and David were very close. There had been a time when David first came to play music for him, mm-hmm. and had, uh, then, then Shalom and David were very close. And whatever had happened since then, which was really the Ruach Ra, which was him, Hashem made rest on Shalom, which made him see David in a bad light, and David as an enemy, and then David as a threat, and then David as a Maid Ramachos, and everything which, which and obviously is guided by God, by Doeg and others who are trying to their best to use the opportunity to destroy David. So that all changed Shaul's perspective and that all made him now think of David as someone who's willing to try and capture and kill at all costs. And now it's the, when, when David speaks to him, uh, it's forever something of the previous feeling it had from before. And when David had been his, like I said, his companion, his son-in-law, so he was someone who very close to him. And again, the, the, it was more that feeling of Peter's last relationship, which he had. And that's what makes him cry. He remembers the cashier the, the he had had with David before. And so he cries about that. And now when, this is an amazing thing. Now when he sees David as a positive of that, like he had seen him previously, now he says, Admit, you're going to be the king. And you're going to be more successful than me. And you're going to, great, you're going to be great and you're going to be entirely strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there wasn't that sense of jealousy or that sense of akina that had driven him, then which had turned him against David and had made him look as an enemy, when that was, so to speak, not, not present, and you could go back to feeling when it once felt to David, then of course he sees him, he feels, if he feels the cash again that once had, and when he thinks about David like that, then he can think about him as, yeah, I know you're going to be successful. I know you're going to be the king. Like I said, for a previous king to admit that is incredible. But, and that was the, the kayak of what David said, was it made Shaul remember him as, as the, you see, you see I, I didn't change. I still regard you the same way I regarded you before. Like what David says to him. He says that, there were those people who turned you against me, and you decided that you wanted to kill me. But those from my point of view, he calls him the king. He says, "Oh, I never changed. I was still, I still regard you the same way." And you see, that it's not just the speech David does. Every time he has the opportunity to do something to show, he always calls him the Mashiach Hashem. I cannot do anything against the Mashiach Hashem. So that that sense of which David makes Shaul feel that he says. Yeah, I haven't changed the way I regard you. Mm-hmm. Brings back a little bit of the feeling of how Shaul had regarded David before. That caused him to cry. Because that, that last relationship, nostalgia maybe, but that last relationship that he had with David, which he, now because of him he's lost. But, uh, and that's why when, a person, when he feels positive towards David, that changes everything he says. He says, I agree, you're a bigger tzaddik than me, you're going to be a more successful king than me. That comes from that feeling of, of, of feeling connected to somebody rather than feeling them as an opposition. And this is something which we learn from by a Muslim teacher also. And that is that when people who are close turn against each other, 
it's, it's obviously each one's midas that, they can, that makes them feel while the other one's a threat to them or harming them or bad for them, whatever it's going to be. But if there's a time which, or a way that you can bring them to feel like a connection to the level which there once was, then when they yearn for that feeling of, of the relationship which had been once upon a time, then they suddenly see the person and all the good light that they saw in there. They suddenly the person with all his minus that they once were. Because when you're not looking at the person negatively, you're looking at them as, as with the minus that they, you once saw that you had, they had. And re, re, reliving, so to speak, the, the, what, what, the positive times, when you looked at them as what they were, mm-hmm. so automatically, then you, you, your reactions and your reaction is different. We, start, we find something similar. Uh, we find something similar by when the Nabim relates to how Hashem relates to Israel also. And this, is a, this is actually a very sad point. A number of times, when Hashem is complaining, or oh, to warn Kaishal, look what you've fallen to, look what you've done, look how distanced you are, look how you've been attempting yourself, look how you've distanced, like what, everything you've done wrong, and you deserve to be punished, and you're going to get punished. And a few times you have the same idea of the Nach, of like, so to speak, flashbacks, to Hashem recording nostalgically, once upon a time, how good Kaishal was, and the, the level and the relationship they once had. And then whenever that happens, then Hashem talks about their minus. Because if, if we're looking back and trying to remember the, the, the beauty and the closeness and the, 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 special, <coughs> the specialness of that relationship with Israel, so then we made it, it's more there, it's more what Hashem saw in them which was, uh, which was uh, appealing, which was beautiful, which was, and uh, that, that was part of the Tsar. It's part of the Tsar, that it wasn't that they were never close, there was a time. It's Be'etim not just coming as a Shavach, it's, it's a coming with a sadness. But they want, they, we, want, we once did have that relationship. There once was an Avas and the Reich. And then when Hashem talks about that, then he remembers. He says, I remember all the beauty that there was. It's, it's, it's tragic, it's lost. And that was the message that the Nabim gave also, that it's, it's, remember what was. It wasn't that we always, like in the matter of Hashem being angry with Hashem and Hashem being disobedient. There was a time when it wasn't like that. And when there are those times when the Novi chooses to, or Hashem chooses to use the Novi to reflect back on, on the, the, the level which there was, that's the Bechia, which we see here by Shal also. And was this your voice? The There was a time when the, 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 there was something which was appealing to Hashem, which remembers the beauty of which Kaishal had. And when Hashem looks back and sees, sees what was, and of course, so then it brings back the feelings of positivity, of the connection which had once been. Uh, and it's the same thing over here. It's the same thing over here. The, when Shal was, even momentarily, taken out of the feeling he had now and reminded of the feeling he once had before, it brings him back to that feeling, it brings him back to that place. And then, besides for feeding the nostalgia for the connection, we see now he's, much more, he's, he's willing to... He's much more generous to David. He sees his minus. He sees what a tzaddik you are. He sees what, what he can become, what he's going to be. And uh, that, that's, uh, so to speak, the, the, the concept of recording a, a lost relationship, recording a level of persons which have been in the past, which can have the same effect on the person even in the present. Here, it's not ju- it wasn't just the removal of Hashem's 
Ruach Ra, David proves himself beyond any shadow of a doubt. Right. But but his loyalty and his fidelity to David. And he's proved himself that he didn't kill Shaul. But uh, that could have been, like we said, enough Shaul could have said, Yerat, uh, accept that, or you're okay, I'll leave Yeran. But you see it very much better than that. Shaul didn't just say that, you're right. Shaul also said, I know you're going to be the king. You're going to be more successful than me. You're a bigger tzaddik than me. It, it brought back the, the feelings he had had previously about David. Okay. Why did Hashem release him from the Ruach Ra at this point? Well, let's ask the question the other way. Why did Hashem give Shola Ruach Ra to harangue, har- har- whatever, to so we said, chase David? So we said, two reasons. Remember when it was part of the Einish? Part of the Einish. Of Shola. Of Shola. And that is when Hashem took the Ruach Ra away from him. So it got replaced by that Ruach that ab, that lack, that chasm, that missed, like he felt he was missing something, got replaced by that Ruach right. Number two, to be number two, it was uh, the training for David. Test of the, it was the training. Prepare to be a king. Is to, we have to go through everything you went through. Okay. Now, very cafe. The story, for, the shift, uh, the story to somewhere else. By Yamashmo. By to call Israel, by Yisbedulai, by Yisbedulai, Shmuel dies. Shmuel was the Navi, even though Shmuel was officially the king, but Shmuel still respected as the god Ladar, of course, the Navi of the Dark. He had also been the leader of Kai Shmuel in the interim years. And the whole Kai Shmuel comes that he mastered him, and they buried him in his Rama. It's the day we declare the Shmuel Navi, it's called Rama. And we see this in the mind of Kai Shmuel. We see later on other times when Kaishal didn't uh, provide the right uh, cover for a mace, so there was a certain anger in Hashemai. Why didn't you respect the mace properly? Even by Yeshua Benun. It says that uh, he was buried in Timna Serach, one verse is Timnas Cheres, and the Gemara asks, why is it changed the name of the place he was buried? And the Gemara says it's an allusion to the fact that Akhadish Baruch was angry with him. And Yeshua died that they didn't do enough to be masked with him properly. And uh, whereas we see in the Midbar, Amosh and Aaron, so then Kaishal did be masked as they should for 30 days. It says, that they cried and they mourned Moshe and Aaron separately, each one when they died for 30 days. That was what it was meant to be. By Yeshua, there was something missing in the Hesper, and that's why Shem was angry with them. And whereas here by Shmuel, we see it here that Kaishal respected Shmuel properly, and they yiddishat him and they warned him. The whole fire is shot. And this is also, it's not common that we find this by a leader. That the, there was the, the whole Israel coming together to mourn him. It's one of those areas where we see that there's a connection between Shmuel and Moshe and Aaron, which we spoke about at the beginning of the Sefer, that the, the Pasuk and the Tudim uh, equates, in some, to some extent, equates them. Moshe and Aaron were Shmuel were And that is that there was a certain level of leadership which they possessed. There was also a certain connection that Kaleshal had to them. And that's why we see Dafka by those people. There was a level of a Hesped, which was the way Hesped was meant to be. So to speak, of the whole Kaleshal mourned the loss of a leader. Now, what happens as a result of that? Vayakum David, Vayadech Midbar Paran. David gets up and he moves to Midbar Paran. Instead of going to the Lord. So, so the question is why is this part of the Pasuk? In other words, you want to tell me a different piece of information, so you should start a new Pasuk. There was a case that Shmuel died, and El Chayyim and Chayyim Shmuel uh, him and mourned him. 
And now you tell me what happened to Navi. Well, you start a new pasuk, start a new section in the Navi. Whereas if you look in the way the Navi is written, so then there's a samach before this pasuk, which means this is the beginning of a new topic. And it does a Shmuel died and was mourned, and David went to Paran, and that's the end of the section again, and now we start with a new story. So why does the, the fact that David went to Paran become part of the pasuk, which tells us about um, which tells us about Shmuel died? Obviously what it's meant to mean is that um, was, was that there's a connection between the fact that David moved to Paran and the fact that Shmuel died. What's the connection? So there's two different ways to explain it in Mephoshim. The way the Messiah Stalin explains it is that Shmuel went, David went to Levi. David was a Talmud of Shmuel. David also was noted as a king by Shmuel. So for sure he felt very indebted and very close to Shmuel. So, um, so David also goes to the Levi, but then he's scared that maybe he's going to get followed by Shmuel's people on the way back from the Levi, which is why he changes location. So whereas before it had been in the Masuda, he doesn't want to go back to Masuda in case he's going to be trailed. And that's why instead he changes direction and he goes to the middle of the park. Um, that's uh, the way the Matsuris explains the connection between between the two Psukim and why, why the one follows the other one. Um, the Marie Kroa explains the puzzle differently and that is that uh, the the fact that Shmuel died is not just an, is is an introduction for not just the fact historically that Shmuel died, but for the introduction to the next part of the story, the story of Novel Akarmini. And you're going to see that, that the way David acted was, the man is going to explain, Dafka because Shmuel wasn't there anymore, so, which means that's why we have to be told first that Shmuel died, and that was why David felt that it's uh, um, to act the way he did. And this is the story what he means. And that is, we, uh, as, uh, even though David knew that Shmuel had anointed him as a king, but Lamaist had already been a precedent for that. Shmuel anointed Shaul as a king as well. But uh, when that happened, when Shaul had come looking for the donkeys, and Shmuel had anointed him as a king, and then Shmuel sent him off and told him to go find the various people he's meant to meet on his way home, and then nothing happens. And then at a later st- stage, Shmuel gathers Kai Israel, and he says, I'm going to choose you the king that you wanted. And then he publicly uh, declares Shaul to be the king. So it seems that David expected the same thing. Shaul, I mean, Shmuel had anointed him as a king, but Shmuel hadn't yet officially made him a king. He just, Hashem, Hashem told him, you're going to become a king. So David was obviously waiting for the time when Shmuel was going to use his capacity as the Nabi to say, Hashem has said, he's the king. And to, to announce it to Klai Yisrael and to tell everybody else that this is, uh, this is the king. And therefore, as long as Shmuel was alive, so David wasn't doing anything, so to speak, on his own to promote his candidacy. He knew that he had been chosen, he was waiting for Shmuel to be the one to, so to speak, declare that, mm-hmm. as he had done in the case of Shul. Whereas now Shmuel died. And now that Shmuel died, so now obviously Shmuel's not going to be the one to uh, to make known to Klai that David the king. And that's how we're going to see in the next story, why David starts to think, well, I have to take the, I have to take the reins in my own hands, so to speak, and uh, ensure my own being a king. If the Navi is not allowed to do it for me. And that's what he's going to do. And the story of Novel was much, very much based on the Saktoma. And that is that now that Shmuel wasn't there, so David wasn't relying on Shmuel to be the one to proclaim him as the king. So now David thinks that maybe he has to do it for himself. Because uh, Shmuel is definitely not going to do it. And the Navi is left. So maybe him, he has to, so to speak, ensure his own that he's going to become the king. And that's going to be the change in David's, so to speak, way of acting before this. And afterwards, where he, he now feels that without Shmuel there, 
he has to be more proactive, so to speak, with promoting himself to become a clean, like we'll see where